Hello, listeners. You're about to listen to the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. This is a show for any and all baseball fans and is led by myself and my co-host, Travis. I'm what you'd call a stats nerd, and my buddy Travis was a total stud on his D3 college team. Our goal is to try to show you how we view the game of baseball, and maybe we'll share a few laughs along the way. So grab a drink, kick back, and join us through this wonderful ride to the 2021 MLB season. Enjoy. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. Today is a Sunday, uh, early afternoon, 12-13, coming at you guys. A lot of kind of early afternoon Sunday baseball action is going on as we speak. Uh, Our 26th episode uh, coming at you guys, uh, here with Travis as always. Uh, Travis, I think the big story right now, uh, as of yesterday and today, is I guess the Padres. Um, We all know that they're odds to make the postseason they've really declined in the last few weeks their inability to stay above the cardinals and reds um is pretty much the story of their season at this point they they've let it slip a little too far and it's looking like they're probably not going to make the playoffs as it currently stands which is not something anyone really expected to hear coming into the season so just right now for context folks uh, the padres were about a half a game or a game behind the cardinals i think they were half a game behind the cardinals and then they lost to them on friday in a head-to-head match, lost to him yesterday in a head-to-head match, and just now I checked Travis, and it is a five-to-one lead for the Cardinals against the Padres. A reason for that, like you just mentioned to me, Travis, is Jake Arrieta did start on the bump for the Padres, not someone that they did have to rely on in a meaningful September game. They were hoping to have obviously Snell healthy, Darvish healthy the whole season. Um, they were hoping to have these guys. Uh, I guess be the be the be the trade pieces they brought in, but sometimes you go get the big names and they have a down year. And when it all happens at the same time, it can be uh, a recipe for a disaster, I guess. But Travis, um, the key thing that happened yesterday for folks that that weren't aware um, last night, Fernando Tatis was called out uh, looking stri- strikeout looking. Um, it was a high pitch that just broke into the zone, and he had a serious problem with it, and like. Took him a while to get out of the box when he got called out and took him a while to get past the ump and was saying some things. And uh, in the dugout, Manny Machado, his teammate, was like really chewing him out for uh, essentially almost getting ejected. And he's like essentially saying like, it's more important than just you. We don't want you to you know be out there you know making your case and getting ejected. We need you in this game. We need to win this game. And, and they ended up losing the game. But um, Travis... A lot of people have been talking about this whole Manny Machado, Tatis argument in the dugout. Um, two superstars on this team that we thought were going to make the playoffs. I guess, what's your thought on that whole situation with the Padres? And then also, as someone who's been in a lot of dugouts, uh, in you know, little league through high school through college, what do you make of a teammate who's like, um, I guess, yelling at you, but you kind of know that they're thinking about the team? What do you make of that kind of leadership? And do you think, do you think it's going to be helpful in any way for them? It's looking like it's a bad day for them today, too. But what are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'll first start with the Padres. Um, yeah, I mean, literally, we talked about the, the Giants. Everybody on the Giants, all the veterans getting hot this season at the right time. You know, all those old veterans are clicking this season. It just seems like in the second half, the Padres, all their main superstars, all their big acquisitions, all declining at the same time. You know, Snell... Uh, Darvish, all these guys kind of having these weird skids uh, for a month or two. And um, some of the superstars can't help and save them. You know, Tatis out on the IL, um, that had to bring in some, you know, more pressure on some of these other guys. Uh, ever since the acquisition of Frazier, um, haven't, hasn't really lived up to what he's been able to do um, since he was an all-star, starting second baseman for the all-star team in right. Pittsburgh. Um, he hasn't really been, in, uh, you know, a very... Uh, faithful kind of you know acquisitions that they yeah. hope to have get gotten at the trade deadline so uh potters right now i mean it's looking very disappointing it, it's definitely the kind of the definition of you know the team looks great on paper but can they all click in the field and can they all play sound baseball um we're all seeing right now that the san diego padres are on a uh kind of a downhill slope uh for the past couple weeks um for that and then you know you talked about last night uh with the whole you know 
dugout incident, especially in mid to late September, that's something that you never want to, you know, see in your dugout. I always go back to that time when, you know, Bryce Harper and Jonathan Papelbon were in the dugout bickering. And, you know, those that that, that was the year the uh, the Nationals were in a kind of a rough downstretch in September. I don't believe they made the playoffs, but um, just a year where, you know, things weren't clicking late. And, you know, that leads to a lot of frustration that leads to, you know, team on team fights. And that's something you never want to see. But um, you know, in that circumstance, you know, I understand, you know, Machado, or I understand Tatis is, you know, upset, maybe not at a call. He's frustrated with the way the team's going right now. He knew that he, you know, he was looking at probably a month ago, it's going to be a Dodgers Padres wildcard game. He was getting ready for that yeah. game. Um, and then of course, with the way things are going right now, he doesn't like where they're going. Um, and then you have Machado, someone who is, you know, trying to be kind of that veteran team leader. Um, has had a bunch of postseason experience before, so he he knows the importance of keeping Tatis in the lineup um, is yeah. so crucial. And so, uh, you know, I guess it's something where you want to see Machado maybe jump on Tatis, but be maybe in a little more positive way. He doesn't want to create this huge um, distraction to the media and to the you know baseball world because that's what we got yesterday. We got you know Twitter blasts all over the place. You know Machado and Tatis memes were being created nonstop. Oh yeah. Um, Dodger fans were jumping on it. They were laughing so much about it. You know, they were creating kind of a, uh, a little headline about that stuff too. Um, you know, team on team fights are, you know, they're never good. I mean, they literally can really destroy teams. They really create a divided bunch between the group. Um, if it's between, you know, two guys of the same position, two guys, you know, a pitcher and, uh, you know, position player, um, you know, they're never good. I mean, that, that really is the, um, perception of a dysfunctional disorganized team that isn't you know united as one um and right now as, as you said you know they're playing the st louis cardinals who is their main enemy um looking in the wild card right now because the st louis cardinals are looking as the second place wild card team looking to play the dodgers in the wild card um losing right now to them today uh huge uh first inning for the cardinals i believe they they lead 5-1 um, and so they're on the verge of being swept and the Padres really need to kind of take a look at, you know, after this game, they need to take a look and say, you know, if we're not going to get hot, if we're not going to come together in the next, you know, 24 hours, this season is probably over because you're looking at, I think three and a half games back, um, after today, if they lose and you got about 13 games left, uh, you're playing really tough baseball, the Padres, you know, one, one thing I will say, Alex, if the Padres can get everything back to normal and they can somehow fight and win and get back and get the second place wildcard team, I will say they will have been playing two weeks of really insane, tough playoff baseball. It could probably help them maybe somehow in the second wild or in the wildcard game, make a run, yeah, make a run for that. So, uh, that's my input on the Padres. Uh, very disappointing right now. It just—it's crazy how you look at their playoff percentage. I think a month, a month and a half ago, and how much it has just been dropping drastically. Uh, they were, you know, division favorites. You know, they were looking at maybe challenging the Dodgers for that division title. Uh, maybe coming within a couple games. Right now, they're twenty and a half games back on the division leader Giants, and uh, you know, last ten games they're three and seven. Um, they have just been kind of on a weird spiral downwards um and it's something in baseball you really can't explain yeah uh yeah that was that was a great breakdown um yeah for 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 those that i guess aren't sure it's a two and a half average of right now game back in the wild card second spot for the padres behind the cardinals so essentially if they lose today they're down three and a half if they win they're back up to one and a half so their ability or inability to kind of pull off a comeback here, Travis, is, in my mind, it's like it's the season's on the line here. Definitely. Um, obviously, if you lose, you're not mathematically out, but the odds just really shrink three and a half back with not that many games to play, just a couple weeks left, and then also the fact that you uh, have a very tough schedule, a lot of good teams still ahead of you, a difficult series ahead of you. Um, so yeah, if they were to still come back from this five one five one, uh, you know, deficit they're in right now then all of a sudden I wouldn't be that worried. They're one and a half back, which is, you know, a lot more manageable and uh, maybe they could catch some fire. But yeah, as of right now, they've had some injury bug stuff. Cronenworth has been on the IL and off it. And uh, uh, Snell is, I think, on the IL right now, possibly. Darvish just came off. It's It's been a kind of a mess for them this year. I think um, if they don't make the playoffs, they won't be too worried long-term. I don't think they're going to, like, you know, make any huge, crazy, drastic moves. Maybe they'll make some moves, but... 
Um, I think they know that next season they have a guy like Clevenger supposed to be making an appearance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know Lamette's been like on and off this year, and I think right now he's working in the bullpen. But uh, lots of weirdness, I guess, for those Padres. And I wouldn't be too worried for them long term, but this season would be a major disappointment if they end up letting it slip away, not even making a wild card game. Um, so, Travis, another main uh, section we have here, I want to actually just kind of quickly talk about what we think is going to happen for the rest of the wild card. So right now, as it stands, it would be Dodgers-Cardinals. Do you think that's pretty much going to stand? It could. You know, I mean, we still have to talk about the Cincinnati Reds. Um, they're playing the Dodgers right now. Yeah. Um, and, you know... I, I, looking competitive. Looking, yeah, somewhat competitive. I know yesterday they, have, of course, had to face Max Scherzer, who literally shut them down. And then today, mm-hmm. right now, um, I know the Dodgers are really taking it to them um, and scored, you know, a, a lot of runs in the first couple innings. I think it's 6-2 right now in the top okay. of the eighth for the Dodgers. So looking somewhat competitive, but still... Um, you know, still out there as well. I think right now they're about almost two games back of the Cardinals. So, I mean, it's 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 looking like that bunch. I mean, the Cardinals right now are playing exceptional baseball. Winners of seven straight. They win at eight. They're winners of eight straight. That's something that you love to see in late September from a team that's being competitive. Uh, the Cardinals are, you know, showing that they can be getting on tough winning streaks right now. Um, and also you look at, as well as some other teams, the Philadelphia Phillies playing exceptionally good baseball. They could possibly um, be the next wild card team up if they win today against the uh, the New York Mets tonight. That is the night game tonight. And also, when you look at that, they win today and the Braves lose today. And the Braves are playing the San Francisco Giants, top team in the NL. Uh, you'd be looking at a tied race in the NL East division. So it's kind of crazy. You look at the Phillies, they're fighting for a wild card spot, but they're also fighting for the division. So, you know, it's it almost getting that security. You know, a month ago we were talking, the NL East didn't have any chance at the wild card because they were so far back. The division was just so down on the wins and, and the winning percentage. But you still technically could have a NL East division winner and an NL East wild card team. Yeah. Um, it's still possible. Yeah, but th- that'd be a direct result of the Padres slipping so far down yeah. that the other divisions have caught up yeah. to the wild card. Yeah, because right, I mean, right now you're seeing two NL teams um, with the Cardinals and the Reds, and you're seeing two NL, NL, or NL Central teams, and now you're seeing two NL East teams with the Braves and the Phillies. Uh, really kind of getting in that fight. So uh, interesting baseball down the stretch. I, I, I would say for both wild cards, um, it's it's getting really fun. And this is the best time of the year when you look at these teams and you kind of look at the rec- or the, the, the schedules ahead and you kind of can plan out, okay, you know, take three or four from this easy series and then you look at this series, that'll be a big series. If you can take, you know, two out of three or even one out of three, maybe you're still in a good spot. Um, you can kind of start analyzing that stuff as you go ahead but uh yeah i mean it, it's it's crazy baseball right now and then travis uh swinging over to the american league just briefly if it all ended today it would be a uh, blue jays being at fenway i believe yeah for the, for the wild card game uh yankees are still right there look outside looking in on that on that you know wild card game you know i know that the, all these divisional teams are going to be playing each other later in the month so um a lot of those series are going to come down to the wire uh do you kind of see that staying? Do you think those are the two teams? It's interesting. I mean, I mean, me and you both know the Red Sox are just a weird, inter- you know, they're yeah. just a weird team because a couple a couple days ago, if not a week ago, they had so many COVID concerns. Chris yeah. Sale was on the COVID list. Co- yeah. Chris Sale came out. He's not vaccinated. He said, you know, he doesn't plan on being vaccinated. He came back and had a start, I think, a couple days ago and just shut down. Um, I forget whatever team they were facing, but... Uh, and you look at them right now, the Red Sox are on a four-game winning streak. Uh, they've actually pulled some wins together. They're looking to get the sweep today. So, you know, wow. the Red Sox are just an interesting team. I don't know what to expect. They could still stumble and fall. Right now, me and you can both agree the Blue Jays have been putting on pretty much the last 20 games. They've been one of the strongest teams in the AL um, with that offense and that pitching staff. They've been doing it all. So the Blue Jays look like the team that they could still stay steady no matter what. Um, even though the Yankees are a half game back from them, um, but it'll—I I think right now you're looking at Blue Jays and you're looking at Red Sox, Yankees as to those two teams are probably going to be the toss-ups for whoever's going to the wild card game. Um, it's getting really—you know—it's getting real interesting. I mean, you can't even count out the Oakland A's yet. The Oakland A's are two games back. You can't, no. Um, and you know, looking at their schedule, they played the Angels today. And then, um, and, you and, know, and they fare pretty well against us. That's right. That's right. I mean, you, I mean, the one thing I will say about Oakland, they do play Seattle and they do play Astros 
I think, the remaining part of their schedule after today. So they have to play some really good teams. Um, you know, looking even at Seattle, they're four games back. You know, I think it's slipping away from them right now. Yeah, um, the yeah. chances for them to kind of get back in it, uh, it doesn't look too promising, especially when you got, you're dealing with other divisions in the NL East. You're looking at that division. You're not going to be playing that those teams anymore. So you're almost cheering for, you know, you need this team to win. You need this team to lose. Too much almost has to happen for you to kind of yeah. get back and into th- it. And that's when you realize your odds are kind of shrinking. Exactly. I mean, really, the Mariners, they just have to take it day by day and win game by game. Um, they almost would have to go out and uh, not even, not really win out, but they would have to, you know, almost go on like a 10-1 yeah. stretch. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of really what it looks like in the AL uh, when it when it comes to that. It's really an NL East battle right now for the AL wild card. It looks like it's going to be that way for the wild card game. So uh, getting really, really interesting down the wire. Yeah, uh, I agree with that pretty much everything. Yeah, the, the race in the AL East is going to be um, exciting to watch these last few series kind of pan out. The main section today, Travis, is going to be the uh, discussion about the t- our top 10, our picks for the top 10 teams in baseball, in our mind, our power rankings. Um, we'll break it down kind of one by one, make our cases for these teams. It is going to be the last one of the season for us because, you know, just a couple weeks left here, not too many games left. It'll kind of be our way to say this is where we think teams are at as they gear up for postseason baseball, um, assuming these teams make it. There might be some teams in here that don't make it um, because some of the wildcard games are still very close and undecided yet. So, But, yeah, Travis, we can start off at the top of our list and go down like we usually do. Um would you like to start off, or should I do the honors? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll start off with you. I want to see what you have to offer on the top five. Okay, so my top five teams in baseball right now, in my mind, in order, as it stands, number one, I have the L.A. Dodgers. Number two, I have the Houston Astros. Number three, I have the San Francisco Giants. Number four, I have the Tampa Bay Rays. And number five, I have the Toronto Blue Jays. Wow. So, okay. uh, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll get into my reasoning after I hear your top five. We can discuss. Okay. Okay. So, uh, number one, kicking off, uh, they've been my number one team for a while now. Um, San Francisco Giants. Uh, number two, LA Dodgers. Uh, coming out number third in the list for me for power rankings, the Milwaukee Brewers. And then fourth on the list will be the Tampa Bay Rays. And number five is the Houston Astros. Okay. So some differences, some similarities. Most similarities on the top five, but of course different orders um, and all that stuff. But we'll, we'll, we'll let's kick it off, of course, to the uh, the top one. So you know, number one spot. You know, you had Dodgers, I had Giants. Yeah. Um. You know, we I I think we both can agree. We both can see where we where we see our our strengths on those sides. You know, Dodgers having Scherzer and Turner. Kind of those acquisitions have just come out to be so. So smart for the Dodgers. They're going to be impactful. They're going to be really impactful. Um, for me, uh, Giants, for me, the Giants just keep rolling. I mean, I, 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 I like to determine these things, of course. On I look at record. I look at also, um, you know, kind of I want to see how, how you've been doing the last 10 games, too. If you've been streaky, if you've been, you know, hitting a skid, if you've been, you know, kind of doing that thing. And Giants' last 10 games are 8-2, and two, some of the best baseball in the last 10 games out of all MLB uh, and also recently just took uh, two of three from the Dodgers at uh, Oracle Park. So that's my main reasoning for doing the Giants first. Um, anything you want to add there with having uh, Dodgers number one? Yeah, so I. it just kind of comes down to the fact that which team do I think is better? Even though the Dodgers have kind of showed that they, um, I guess, are having a more inconsistent regular season than the Giants. Giants have been just a model of consistency. The Dodgers have really been just chasing them down since, like, the All-Star break. They've just been, like, playing very good baseball and just kind of staying right behind them, just, like, two games behind them, then one and a half games, then a game. They just kind of keep, like, trying to catch them. And the Giants are playing great baseball, so it's been tough to catch them. But... I just think the way the Dodgers have played, despite injuries, despite Cody Bellinger being a shell of himself, despite a lot of other, you know, Mookie Betts is having a very solid year, but just not like an MVP kind of year, um, not like really a $30 million year. Uh, I think just kind of considering all these things, considering Kershaw missed time, um, considering obviously the whole Trevor Bauer situation, they have a big sum, a big sum of money going to a player that's not contributing at all. Um, 
I think considering all these things, the fact that they're just not only are they right there, but I think right now they're probably the World Series favorite. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm not sure what the odds makers actually have the favorite as because obviously if you're going to be in the wild card game, your odds go way down to win because one game could end it all. But I think if you had to pick the scariest team, I guess, the team that you'd want to face the least, I would say it's probably the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers lineup is probably scarier than the Giants. I think their pitching staff is probably scarier than the Giants. But the Giants have been playing more consistent ball. So I can't argue with Giants at number one. But I am just more afraid to play the Dodgers in a series right now. Even though they've had these inconsistencies, I'm still afraid of them more than anyone else um, if I was going to you know, have to pick my opponent. Also looking at like this... Uh, this kind of detailed breakdown on baseball reference. Um, right now, the Dodgers have the they have the best run differential in all of baseball. They win their games by an average of 1.7 runs, which no one else is that close. 1.4 is the next for Houston, and 1.2 for the Giants is third, it looks like. Um, I, it just seems to me like the Dodgers have been um, dominant when they're playing well, when they have their guys, and I think that they're going to be ready to go for the postseason. Um I also have the Astros at two, Travis. You have them at five. That's another difference we have, um, and that's you know that's not a that's not a huge huge gap because we both know that they're pretty much like the first or second best team in the American League. I'm sure we, we definitely agree there. Um, I have the Astros up at two because they have a one point four run differential. That's how much runs they're favored per game, uh, and I guess one knock on them might be that they're playing in the AL West, a bit of a less competitive division even though the A's and the Mariners are having good years themselves um it just seems like maybe if the Astros were in the AL East they might have a few less wins if they're playing the Jays a bunch and like the Yankees and the Red Sox a bunch but uh yeah I guess where I'm at right now is I have the Astros above the Rays in terms of my American League teams um and then yeah what are your thoughts on Astros at two I guess I I I also have their uh their like overall team stats and Houston actually has the best Fangraph's war, just adding up all the players. They have the best Fangraph war in baseball and the best WRC+. plus. I think they're the best hitting team in baseball, even still, even though Toronto's probably right in their heels. No, yeah, I I definitely was considering Astros to be... I mean, for me, they're they're definitely a top-five team. Um, the, the offense is still one of the best in baseball. I mean, you even look at the run differentials. They're, uh, you know, 200-plus on the season. I think that's second best in uh, Major League Baseball. Yeah. And so the offense is still, um, the full the full team aspect is still very strong. Um, you know, I, I've seen them kind of just, I feel like I've, I've, I've seen them fall into kind of the White Sox kind of style right now where it's, you almost have the division, but you're just kind of just slowly kind of going to the finish line. You know, they really don't have too much competition on their heels um, with the teams that are behind them. Um, I just see them as being a team that still is going to be very dangerous in the playoffs. To me, the Astros and the Dodgers are two teams you do not want to face in the playoffs. Um, but right now, for today's sake and the power rankings for right now in the regular season, um, I'm going to have, of course, the Giants at one, the Dodgers at two, uh, right behind them. And then, of course, the Astros at number n- number five. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we both have the Rays, number four. Is that is that correct? Yeah. Okay. I th- yeah. I have the Rays as like my second AL team. You have them as, as your first, but we pretty much agree that they're like a top tier team. Definitely, no, just, definitely, just not quite. Um, I think you can look at the star power and just kind of say we kind of trust the Dodgers, the Giants to have, I guess, a little bit more. Uh, I guess more likely to thrive in the playoffs. Um, yeah, but yeah. we know what happened last year with the Rays. They can just, you know. They That's honestly, true. I was gonna say, they, I was gonna say they, they got in a roll, but they kind of didn't get on a roll. They just kind of played you know big when they needed to no a, yeah. a lot of the bats were quiet sometimes but a rosarena was great and the pitching was very very good so and and they stuck it to the red Sox about a week ago um you know in that series at fenway so i mean the red the, the rays are just kind of just a team that just continues to keep on growing and i feel like getting better as the season gets um you know later and later in september but um i'll, I'll stop in I'll, i want to go to the, the brewers because i have the brewers in my top five and i have them at number three basically that pitching staff is scary with Corbin Burns right now, just on the heels right now, him and Scherzer for the Cy Young right now. Both guys are doing tremendous, yep. almost through a no-hitter. They had a combined no-hitter team um, effort about a week back. Uh, Hader and also Burns getting the no-hitter. I mean, to me, they have the best closer in baseball and Hader. And they have, of course, like we agreed, the best pitching staff in baseball with the offense still being good and still doing great work. Um 
to me, the Brewers are a team that, uh, you know, they're they're in a comfortable spot right now, but I feel like they are still playing like they need to get into the playoffs, even though they've already clinched a playoff berth. And the division is probably a couple days away from being clinched as well. Um, I just feel like they're playing exciting baseball still. I mean, I still see them all over on Twitter all the time on different, you know, social media um, platforms. And I feel like the Brewers are still playing really exciting baseball. Uh, they're a team that I would not want to play in October. Um, and I have the number three just because that pitching staff, top to bottom, is just scary. And I do not want to have a team face the Milwaukee Brewers right now. Um, I guess we can get more into the Brewers when we have them. I see they're where they where they're in the top in, in your um, right. in your rankings, but I'm um, sure they'll be there. I guess the Brewers and the and the and the Blue Jays are teams that we kind of flip flopped in our top ten or sure. top five. Sure, yeah. Um, so let's get on to um, the latter half, a six through ten of it, and I guess I'll start it off for for my uh, my the rest of my top ten. So cool. um, coming at number six, that's where I had the Blue Jays. So the Toronto Blue Jays, number six, just behind the Houston Astros. Number seven, uh, the Boston Red Sox right now leading the, uh, pretty much would be at home for the uh, AL wildcard game. Number eight, I have the Chicago White Sox. Uh, Number nine, I have the St. Louis Cardinals. And then number 10, I have the somewhat stumbling, but still division leader Atlanta Braves at number 10. So, uh, Blue Jays, Red Sox, White Sox, Cardinals, Braves for me. I'll, I'll, I'll see what you got, and then we can dive into that. Cool. So my 6 through 10 is currently Milwaukee Brewers at 6, which we knew they were coming up soon. Definitely. Uh, 7, I have the Chicago White Sox. Okay. Uh, still a division leader. Uh, 8, I have actually the San Diego Padres, which wow. is a team okay. that has slid a lot, and they haven't proved much, but we'll get into that in a minute here. Uh Nine is Boston Red Sox I have, and then 10 I have Atlanta Braves. Okay. So the team that uh, we have switched on and off of our lists is the Padres I have on, Cardinals I have off, you have mm-hmm. Cardinals on, Padres off. Yep. We'll get into that in a minute, but let's, let's go to that Braves, or sorry, the Brewers conversation you kind of started off there. Um, you had them at uh, four, three? At number three, and, and then, then I have Blue Jays at six. And so I, okay, so then I have, I have Jays at five, uh, Brewers at six, so... It seems like we're both high on the Jays, actually, which is interesting. We, mm-hmm. we both have the Jays uh, as the highest team in their... Sorry, besides the Rays. They're the highest uh, American League wildcard team, which I'm glad we agree on because there's just a lot of things pointing great for them. Their run differential has been elite all season. Their bats have just been so good, and the pitching has been definitely good enough. Robbie Ray has rounded out into a top-two candidate for American Cy League Young, Cy yeah. Young, uh, for sure. Guerrero Jr., of course, a top two uh, MVP American League um, kind of season he's having. And Travis, I think the low-key thing is that Marcus Semien is probably looking like a runaway for third in that race, quite possibly. Incredible season. Quite possibly. Um, I, I, I wish I had the number right in front of me, but I think he's two or three home runs away from tying the record for most home runs by a second baseman in a, in a season ever. That's which, pretty incredible. Which, 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 That's pretty which incredible no one, right no one thought so. Saw like a, over a forty home run season coming from him. I know. Going into the season, there's a you know middle infielders on the market, and uh, Jays took a chance on Semyon. I think it was just a one year deal, and and boy, one or two year, but it's it paid off. It paid off huge for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then obviously the rest of the lineup has been great. Um, Teoscar Hernandez, an all star season himself. Um, and then yeah, I mean just the the hitting goes down the order. Every single guy slugs. But what it really comes down to is they have a huge run differential. And their WRC Plus is second best in baseball. So you can make an argument that the best hitting or second best hitting team in, in, the, in the entirety of, of, the, of the major leagues. And I guess right now I just have them uh, above the Brewers just only because obviously it comes down to pitching in the playoffs. That happens quite a bit. But I just think that... Uh, the bats are just so incomparable between the Brewers and the Blue Jays. And I just think the Blue Jays run differential kind of speaks for itself that they've been a really good team for a while. And it's all kind of clicking right now and they're making a big push. I'd be stunned to see them fall out of a wild card spot. Um, I think that they are have momentum at the right time. I think they're a real threat to actually potentially like be a World Series kind of team if everything keeps going this direction. Um, I have the Brewers a bit lower. I think that's mostly just because I see a, a 0.9 run differential per game, which is still very good. They're obviously a very good team. Um, they're just a bit lower than some of the other teams I have. Like 
They're tied with run differential with the White Sox, and they're a bit below the Blue Jays. Blue Jays have a 1.2. Um, you brought up the pitching staff, and obviously the Brewers, uh, the three-headed monster we always talk about, it's amazing. Corbin Burns is my Cy Young pick as it stands right now. Uh, Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta have both been, uh, you know, top five to top ten Cy Young vote getter type Definitely. seasons for them. Uh, I just feel like, you know, in a really big series, that that could be the best, you know, three headed monster in the league. But I wouldn't be surprised to see like a Dodgers um, outperform them. I wouldn't be surprised to see like a a Scherzer, Bueller, Kershaw outperform them. I wouldn't be surprised to see. You know, maybe a um, maybe a Giants like Gausman, uh, Logan Webb, Disclafani, like three headed monster outperform them. Um, I don't think it's likely, and I like what the Brewers have done a lot this season. But um, I I just thinking banking all in those pitchers. If one of them has a bad game in like an LDS, their season can end a lot earlier than we think. Um, I love the Brewers. I hope they do well. But I guess I'm just you know riding or dying with those three pitchers. Um, I just see this a little bit risky. Maybe I think the the you know the bats their their team WRC plus is actually like ninety seven. It's it's technically they have below average hitting um, across the whole league. So I'm I just I'm a little I'm a little too uh, I'm not ready to put them at three like you are. But I think they're a really good team. I, I guess so. So what do you make of like I guess where I'm at with the Brewers and the uh, the the Blue Jays? No, I see that, and I was gonna actually combat that and just say. But I, the one thing I will say is I. I I rather I think I rather be in a spot where the Brewers are at where you have three just solidified starting pitchers who are having great seasons than a great lineup. I I feel like I've seen this movie so many times where you look at a team with a great lineup and of, of course we go back to Angels. We go back to so many Angels teams where you have a great lineup and you go into the playoffs and the you know the, the the lineup does great but the pitching that you're facing is able to shut them down and the offense on the other side is able to kind of stick around and keep um keep playing the way that you guys are playing uh i know the blue jays have a great starting pitching staff with ray and ryu um so far doing very well yeah, matt's having um, a really good year exactly no they, they, and, and they've been doing very good and of course those two teams would not play unless they reached the world series and of course that'd be something in itself right there. But I know when we compare them both on, on each side right now, it's a little different. Um, but I just see in my mind, you know, the Brewers offense is not really to, not really a attractive look when you look at the scorecard or when you look at the lineup sheet mm-hmm. um, and, you, and you see their offense. Um, a couple of years back, it probably would have looked amazing with Yelich, but with the way Yelich has kind of declined a little bit, um, it's not really an attractive lineup card. Uh, but I still see that offense still keeping tack with, you know, some of the best teams in baseball. I still see them, you know, still scoring the same amount of runs. They still, I think, have um, guys on there that still can produce a lot of uh, hits, get on base a lot, um, and produce a lot of runs for the Milwaukee Brewers. And, of course, when you look at that pitching staff, uh, two runs in a game might do it. You know, two runs for Corbin Burns might be enough. And then, sure. of course, you bring in Williams Hater. Uh, Williams Hater. You know, just a, a great bullpen. I think that that... I just feel like I've seen the playoffs too much where if you have great starting pitching and even Corbin Burns, if you have a guy like Corbin Burns and you can just have, you know, two or three runs from your offense, that's all you're going to need for that pitching staff. Um, and that's not asking of a lot. Um, and so I see the Brewers as being still a very strong team with that pitching staff. Um, you know, I mean, we talk about the Dodgers too. They have a they have a rotation that could literally do the same thing as the Brewers and they have an offense that is so much better right. than the Brewers. So. Um, I, I know the Dodgers are better than the Brewers, but I know that, you know, with the pitching staff the Brewers have and the, and the bullpen, um, it's not far away from, you know, the best in baseball, um, if that. So um, that's kind of where I'm at right now with that. I do recognize, of course, the Blue Jays still having one of the best offenses. So that's why, I mean, having them number six um, and you had them number five, we're pretty close on that aspect. We are, we are. Um, and then, of course, the Brewers being, you know, in that in that realm as well. Um, so, I guess moving on to, Alex, um, number seven, you had the White Sox, right? Yeah. And then number eight, you had the Red Sox. The, I think eight actually had the Padres. Padres, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, for me, um, you know, White Sox still uh, were at number eight for me. You know, for me, the White Sox are a team that is good. I mean, we both know their their offense is still really good. They still have a really good pitching staff, too. Mm-hmm. Um, they're... I think they've just been bored the past month and a half. Yeah, they, they feel a bit almost untested. They have. And, and it's it might concern me going in because, I mean, it's kind of funny now. We're about two weeks till the end of the season, and we already know it's probably going to be a White Sox-Astros ALDS, a great matchup in the in, in the in the division series. 
both those teams were, you know, looking at making the World Series this year, and one of those teams is going to have to be eliminated in the first round. It's going to be a uh-huh. disappointing exit yeah. for one of those teams. Um, it's just interesting to me to see which team can maybe get a little bit of momentum going into the playoffs because that's what it really comes down to in, in playoff baseball. You've seen teams, you know, win the division, you know, the the the, the seventh of September, and you know they're just kind of just bored for the next three weeks. They're just getting reps with younger guys. They're getting other guys playing time, and then by the time they play playoff baseball, you know they're fresh and ready. But the team that they're playing against might. You know, have might have been playing playoff baseball for the past ten days. Yeah. Um. And so it's all about momentum going into the playoffs. So I have a number eight. They're still a really strong team on paper and with playing together um, as a full unit. But um, like I just said, I, I just feel like they're bored right now. Yeah, that's that that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, being in that American League Central, it's been decided for quite a bit now. Um, I, at the highest, some of those other teams like the like the uh, Indians, and I think at one point the Tigers were floating at best like around 500. So they've been a winning team the whole season, the Ash- the, the White Sox have. Uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty much in agreement about what you think about them. Like seventh and eighth on our list is pretty similar. Um, I Like you said, the Astros kind of being the likely candidate for their first round uh, you know, ALDS matchup, it really feels like the Astros are a team that have been there, done that. Um you almost want to trust them more. I feel like you almost, if you had to trust, you know, a big series, who's going to come through, uh, Carlos Correa or Tim Anderson, you know, Tim Anderson is a great player. Maybe he'll come through as well, but you know, Correa has had those big hits in the playoffs. You know, if you're going to say, you know, Altuve or Mancada, you know, Altuve has been there. You know, Definitely. if you're going to yeah. say, you know, uh, whoever it may be Alvarez or Eloy Jimenez, like I might take the guy who has been there before. And then the pitching staff as well, Travis, Lance Lynn, Cy Young, you know, kind of season. Yeah. Uh, Rodon, Cy Young kind of season before he got, you know, missed some time on injury. Uh, great pitchers overall and, and deep pitching as well. Giolito, obviously, uh, the upside is crazy. No, no hitter last season. Um, and as I will say, and Kopech, uh, you know, you look at Liam Hendricks and Kimbrell in, in the pen. You know, it's kind of like the Brewers, a deep bullpen as deep well. Deep bullpen and deep. And the guys like Kopech can start if needed. Like, yeah. they have guys who... Yeah. Um, you know, Dylan Cease. Like the, the, the list goes on of like these guys that um, can be in, impactful pitchers. But at the same time, with the Astros' offense they have, I think that McCullers, Grinky, Framber Valdez, that's as good of a top three in the American League that like you're gonna need. I feel like to get through to the American, to like the American League Championship Series. Essentially, I think that like a big three looking like that. All those guys have been in the playoffs before. They've had, you know had big games. I think that you know. The Astros feel like I trust them a bit more in that kind of series. It's kind of fun to preview that as like a very interesting first round matchup. I'm kind of glad you brought that up. No, and and the the thing about me with that is is the experience. The Astros know what it's like to lose Game Seven of a World Series. They know what it's like to win Game Seven of a World Series. They all have pretty much stayed intact for the last three to four years, where they've gone through the pains, they've gone through the success. Um, and it just feels like their starting pitching staff, you know, if they could limit the other team to three, four runs, I feel like the Astros offense can do the same thing. We, I mean, we've seen innings where the Astros offense has just completely attacked the opposition at the pitching and, you know, has scored five runs in an inning. Um, the Astros are just a team. It's kind of like the Dodgers. You're not really too worried because they, they know what postseason baseball is all about and yeah. they know how to win. They know they know the tactics of it. And then also having a manager like Dusty Baker, he knows how to go about postseason play and all that kind of stuff. So um, it'll be a great first series, especially when it's La Russa and Dusty Baker, two kind of old-timers um, old timers going with these, at it. Yeah, with these kind of young, fun teams. And so it, it, that'll be a great division series that will be, you know, really a lot of fun to watch um, with, you know, how it's going to play out. But, um, Alex, let's kind of talk about now the two teams that we either had off or we had on, and that is the Padres and the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, I'll go, I'll let you go first on why you think the Padres are still in the top 10 for the power rankings. Yeah. So obviously you look at the record slightly, the Cardinals, there are, are there are just a few handful of reasons why I am still going to lean Padres who I think is the better team right now. Um, obviously the Cardinals are being them in a series right now as we speak, which is not great for my argument. But um, actually, right now, Travis, the uh, the Padres are slowly coming back. At the beginning of the episode, they were down five one of the Cardinals. Now they're only down five to three. Maybe they hear me uh, still believing in them. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and right. uh, they're building a little bit of a comeback. But I guess here's my stance. Um, 
I think that the Padres have been very unlucky this season. Uh, and I think that doesn't really factor into how good they are. I think that they've had you know one of the hardest schedules, um, considering the fact that you're, you're playing a 100-win team in the Dodgers, a 100-win team in the Giants, all the time, like probably every month, you probably play them both, like at least like in one series. You're playing them a ton, uh, and then also the Rockies have been kind of sneaky good as well, um, almost a 500 team. Uh, I I just think that, I just think that kind of considering the teams that they have to play on a regular basis, as well as some of the bad injury luck that they've had, um, I'm just I just feel like. I'm not ready to say the Cardinals are a better team. They may end up with a better record. I think if that ends up being the case, it'll probably be because they had a bit of an easier schedule and a bit luckier on the injury bug. The Cardinals are no, no one to sleep on. You know, they're outside of my top 10, but they're not someone that should be slept on. Um, they have had some good breakout years. Arenado is still Arenado. Goldschmidt is still Goldschmidt. And, uh, you know, the pitching hasn't been, you know, insanely impressive, but, you know, they still have, you know, great players. Um, Tyler O'Neill's having a kind of a breakout year himself. I just really think the Padres um, are still a team that uh, I guess kind of still deserves some uh, quite a bit of respect. They still have a, a positive, you know, run differential by quite a bit. Um, it's kind of sad to see if you look at like these kind of teams that are floating around five hundred. I see Phillies negative run differential. Uh, Padres are positive. Indians, Angels are negative. Mets are negative. Tigers are negative. So all of the teams that are kind of in a similar like record-wise situation as the Padres, the Padres still have like the better run differential, and I think their schedule their schedule has been very difficult. So I think that's a big factor for me. I also just think that you know they kind of got unlucky with. Uh, I think Darvish has had some bad luck recently. I think he's still a really good pitcher that's had a really bad second half. Um, and I don't think it's entirely you know on him. It's just kind of the way it goes. Um, Travis, I guess, what do you make of my breakdown on the Padres? Um, you look at their roster and their their rotation and the names they have. You have to say it's top 10 talent-wise, but I think performance-wise, you're just disappointed. Break me down why you have them off your list and Cardinals on your list. Yeah, you know, on paper, Padres are definitely probably one of the top five baseball teams in MLB yeah. um, on paper. Uh, don't win championships. You don't win games on paper, though. Um, right. For me, uh, I think it's pretty self-evident with this the way the weekend's gone um right now cardinals on the verge of sweeping the padres um padres you're right have been facing some pretty extraordinary talent the past six weeks i mean you look at the teams they've had to play um it is um it's a challenge when you got to play these teams late in september i mean you are put to the test to go all the way in well some of these teams kind of have an easier downstretch to uh you know finish their season um, the Cardinals, I just see, like you're right, I think that, you know, Hayter and O'Neill having good breakout years, um, Goldschmidt and Arenado still being very productive this season, um, having having a good pitching staff as well as a pretty good closer in Reyes. Um, good, it's a good bullpen. Like, they have, like, yeah. lots of pieces they can trust, I feel like. Definitely. Gallegos and Reyes are still, uh, you know, top bullpen guys in baseball. And so, uh, you know, Cardinals right now, just the way they've been hot, too, the last 10 games, 9-1, and one, the last 10 games, they've been playing... Um, you know, resurgence baseball, uh, and on the on 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 the way to you know win eight straight right now, and that's something you love to see for a team going into October is winning games, winning streaks, that sort of thing. So, um, Cardinals right now, I have a team that's really you know surging up in the rankings, um, and I think that the way that they're playing right now, um, that really you know voids them to be. Uh, top 10 for uh, Major League Baseball right now. So I, I that's the way I have it. You know, I, I, the Padres are a team we've always been talking about the whole year. You know, it's 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 kind of like, you know, how are they playing? Are they bored? Are they kind of just, you know, being consistent? Are they saving all their ammo for the playoffs? They're still a team that if they got hot right now, you know, you wouldn't want to play them. No one, no one in baseball would want to play the Padres right now. If all them, all 25 guys got on the same level and page, I mean, everyone can swing the bat. Everyone can pitch um, in those on that team. So... Uh, yeah, e- even if even as bad as they're playing, if they made the AL, sorry, the NLDS, I would not want to face Darvish, Musgrove, no, Snell. No, it doesn't sound exactly, fun. exactly. It doesn't start sound fun. Then of course you don't want to face Machado, Tatis. They they still have a team that looks like it could be anybody in Major yeah. League Baseball. So, um, but you know, it just that's how way baseball goes. You know, some teams have a powerful roster, but they can't put them all together. Me and Alex know a lot about that. Um, yeah. Being Angels fans, we've had teams where we thought, you know, when you have Mike Trout, Albert Pools, and Josh Hamilton, and I believe Mark Trumbo in the same lineup, 
you should be able to win, you know, 75 games. That didn't happen for a season one time with the Angels, uh, as well as a pitching staff with Jared Weaver and C.J. Wilson. I can go on and on. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been there. Yeah. The, the, the team on the paper looks great, but when you look out in the field, uh, sometimes it could be very, very different. And that's the, always the struggle with the GM and always the front office is that, you know, will this team mesh together? Will this team, um, you know, play good, sound baseball? I mean, I think everyone thought the Giants would have been an okay team this year, but it seemed like all of them play well together and they're able to be, you know, the best record in baseball right now. But um, that's why I have the Cardinals, just the way that they've been playing of late and their record, it shows that they are, um, to me, a top 10 team in baseball right now. But we do have the Braves at least number 10. Um, we were there at least. The Braves play. are uh, very strong. I think it'd be the Braves or the Phillies for me because if the Phillies yeah. were in the uh, first place spot, they'd probably be number 10 for me. But I will give respect to the Braves still being in first place. With all the injuries and struggles they've gone through this year, it's still kind of a miracle that they're playing um, division winning baseball and they still have a shot with they have no Acuna, no Soroka, um, have gone through so many just injury battles and bugs this year. Um, still playing very good baseball. And a lot of surprising key guys on their team, like Austin Riley, uh, you know, playing exceptional, you know, baseball in the past couple months. A, a lot of, a lot of like, almost clutch additions for their team, like going and getting Peterson, uh, Solaire, just like making these weird additions that have really turned out to, I guess, kind of round out the, round out the team in a way that, you know, you, you don't expect to lose a guy like Acuna. You need to go get another outfielder to kind of get those decisions done at the deadline, get the guys you need to get. Um, in order to stay competitive, even though you, I mean, they, they knew that this season it's a lot less likely to win the World Series without yeah. Acuna. Yeah. You know that going in, but to stay competitive, knowing that the fans have your back and that you still have tons of talent in Riley and Freeman. Definitely, yeah. Uh, obviously, Freed and Anderson have high upside on the, and, on the mound. And I will say, too, almost like creating, creating Acuna by meshing together different players you right know? bit of a you probably have thing guys with. that are good against righties you have another guy that's good against lefties yeah i mean you could look um, at a solar and peterson right there they yeah. can kind of combine as a righty power bat a lefty power bat and they kind of mesh into i guess an acuna type bat definitely and then of course freddie freeman still staying you know top in the game you know at first base still having a great year ozzy albies having a great year dansby having stints of being very good oh yeah um, i know yeah. he's had weeks where he's been incredible at the shortstop position so uh and then, of course, you know, Charlie Morton being so consistent, earned himself another contract extension for the next couple of years. So uh, we'll be interesting to see how they, you know, go about their things. Yeah, Travis, right now, Freddie Freeman is sitting at 30 home runs. I'll be sitting at 28. Riley sitting at 29. Danzy Swanson sitting at 26. Uh, it's still in play for them to be the first team, I think, ever, if I'm not mistaken, to have all four main infielders at 30 home runs or more. Um like I said, Swanson still needs four, so that's probably not super likely with how many games are left. But, you know, crazier things have happened. Uh, just a, a, overall a clutch year for them. Um, a lot of good signings and stuff at the deadline. Um, Travis, also on our list uh, that we agreed on was the Red Sox. Really have kind of slipped quite a bit below the Blue Jays for both of us, it seems. Uh, were they on your list again? They're on my list, but they were below the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays were ahead of them, even though they're behind them in the ranking or in right. the schedule wise. But so it seems like um, we agree there. Yeah, the Red Sox are still a team that keeps on fighting. It feels like um, they still have a strong team. I mean, I, I feel like the power on that team is still so good. Um, and then getting Chris Sale back, it still makes them uh, a powerhouse for me uh, when it comes to the wild card. When it comes to the East Eastern Division. Um, they still are a threat to me to you know still compete for um, a World Series championship. Yeah, I still think that they are going to be relevant here. I am not super high on them like momentum-wise. I really think the Blue Jays have taken over in that regard in terms of their division. While the Rays have been kind of coasting at top, it seems like the Yankees have dipped quite a bit. Uh, Red Sox have dipped a little bit, and the Blue Jays have taken a big step forward, which is exciting to see for a young team like, like the Jays. Um Travis, that kind of wraps up the top 10 here. Um, some notable snubs we mentioned already. Phillies didn't make either of our team. Uh, you left off Padres, I left off Cardinals. So those are both at least two teams that might end up being a serious threat at some point that uh, are not on our team. And, that, and that's just where we're at right now. We have about like seven or eight teams that are kind of locked into the playoffs and then a handful of teams that are just still have to kind of uh, get the job done in the last few weeks before they can count themselves in. Uh you know, the next couple weeks is going to be, you know, a lot to kind of keep track of. 
I'm curious to see how the rest of the game shapes up for this Padres Cardinals game because yeah. it really, Charles, like I said, it really, you know, in an hour here, it could be a 3.5 games back for the Padres or it could be a 1.5 games back. And that really changes the whole season. It's, it's really, it's true. really, it's really crazy how that, how that's going to work. But, um, you know, it'll have big implications on their odds uh, for making the playoffs. And uh, that kind of wraps things up. Anything else going on or, or uh, n- nothing too much? Nothing too much. Uh, I think next time we talk, we will be uh, seeing, you know, division winners will be, you know, announced in the next week. Yeah. Um, I think that these awards with the Cy Young and MVP races are going to get really interesting. Um, yeah. Right now, I mean... The NL is so incredibly tight when it comes to the Cy Young and the MVP. It is unbelievable right now. Um, Scherzer really making a resounding second half. Um, Corbin Burns the full year. He's been spectacular. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, when you look at the NL MVP, Tatis, kind of like Corbin Burns, the full year has been really good. But the second half for Bryce Harper has been insane. Um, it'll be interesting to talk uh, when we see you guys next week, what is going to happen with the you know awards and then also with kind of these playoff pictures as they narrow down. Some of these teams are going to start being eliminated um, in the playoff picture. We'll start getting a little bit more clearer um, as we move forward. But Alex, next week we'll be on the road. We uh, will. We will be uh, in the city of Boston. Two tools take Boston. Two tools will be in Boston. Uh, we'll be visiting our buddy uh, Mikey, Beantown Mikey. He will be making <laughs> appearance, his first appearance on the Two Tools podcast next week. Um, so we'll be doing a little bit of action next week in Boston. Uh, me and Alex actually going uh, with a couple of other, other buddies to the Red Sox-Yankees game on Friday night. Uh, that'll be something that will be yeah. very exciting. Yeah, really hoping that the wild card race is in a spot where the game has a lot of emotion riding high. And it'd be fun to see uh, an explosive performance by one of the teams. It very much could be uh, the wild card game preview right there for us that first game Friday night. Hopefully... We get to see a Chris Sale maybe pitch. I don't think we'll get to see a Garrett Cole, but maybe a Chris Sale will be pitching at Fenway. Um, should be a really awesome game. It should be a really good series, uh, and we'll have you know serious implications on how the uh, you know playoffs are going to be looking for the wild card for the AL at least. But uh, we'll be a really exciting podcast. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Super excited to see Fenway for the first time. Uh, you know, <laughs> so much history there and being able to, to go to a game, hopefully a game with real big playoff implications is going to be a blast. So we'll kind of recap that for you guys next week. Uh, we're going to be recording after we see the game. So um, probably the day after the game. So we'll have a lot to cover. Uh, like Travis said, a lot of the awards races and wildcard races, we're going to have more intel for you guys next week. Who knows what could happen in the next you know seven days of baseball. But um, that's pretty much it for this week. Uh, excited to bring you guys another episode next week with more of uh, weekly action. So thanks so much if you listen this far. Give us a like, give us a shout out, tell your tell your friends about the Two Tools podcast, and we will talk to you guys next week. Presented by Tool Tools Podcast. <laughs>